0: for Matthew Hoppy, and Hoppy's in for Schalke. Magnificent finish. Aminarit's run, meanwhile, here looks for Hoppy again. Oh my words! You cannot write this kind of script.
1: Blau and Weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo, meine Leute. Willkommen zum Einzigen Schalke Podcast auf English. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Shaka podcast. This is episode 119 of Shock America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me on the show, as always, is Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing, man?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Soccer? Never heard of it.
1: What? Who? What? When Where? why? What?
0: <laughs> not a thing, not a thing I'm familiar with.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been uh it's been a crazy uh weekend, but before we get into that, uh, we need some help on this to kind of make sure we don't vent too much, I guess. Uh, we're going to bring in the most capped guest on our show. Uh, everyone knows her. It's uh, Marie Schulte-Bolcom from the Transfer Exchange Show and so much more. in, Marie. How are you?
2: I'm wonderful. Thanks for uh, having me again. And unlike Shalka's case, things are looking up in my life, not down.
0: Marie, the last time we had you on, I believe that you were uh, joining us from an island in the middle of the sea. Judging by the time of day that we are recording this, I'm assuming you're back stateside with us now, is that correct?
2: Yes, I am on the island of Manhattan now. So, still so yeah, living, island the living that island life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got an island girl with us right now. I like it. I like it. All right. Um, yeah. It, before, before we get into all the chaos... Uh, there was a matter of the Stuttgart match that we had to get into. We're not going to get into two of them. It's crazy enough because uh, there was no passion on that pitch. Uh, you know, the first two goals, I think we really do want to talk about um, the two goals by Endo. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that's been plaguing us all season long. Set pieces, Jack. Um, and the first two goals, uh, very indicative, very, uh, very similar to each other, weren't they?
0: Yeah, I believe James Thurgood, who was on the call for us, I mean, who are watching ESPN at least, um, used the phrase carbon copy to describe the relationship of the second goal to the first. And I think that's spot on. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It looks like we're doing a combination of sort of zonal and man-to-man marking on these, um, where, you know, Mustafi and I think Chow and maybe Hoppy sometimes are sort of setting up shop centrally um, around the, the penalty box. And then the rest of the players that we have in the box are, are man-marking, and Stuttgart was just sending an extra man On both occasions and everyone rushes into the center of the box so the people that are man marking follow those guys and then endos left on the back post and it was literally just opposite sides pretty much the exact same goal so i mean the second goal is it's not like they were actually kicking it directly to endo it went through a bunch of traffic and just fell to him but the idea that like we score we concede excuse me um basically a carbon copy and there's no adjustment from the defense or anything like that is uh, is really frustrating and, and just sort of indicative of the problems. This is partially why I feel like um, people need to start blaming the players to some extent, too, because obviously there's so much preparation you can do to be put in the correct position to, to win a match and compete by a coach. But those are the moments where some of the leaders on the team need to, to step in and make adjustments on the fly to make sure that we can get some of these things under control.
1: Before we get to the player rant part um Marie you know looking uh, coming to this game you know looking at all the players that Stuttgart had uh Endo isn't someone you ne- you know naturally be worried about uh two goals and an assist in this one man of the match performance uh what, what were your thoughts on on Endo uh, more of like a defensive midfielder or getting the getting the top billing in this one and really making Schalke hurt especially early on
2: Yeah yeah, I mean, you know, if there's one club that's going to build up any other club and any other player, it's Schalke. Um, we have this word for it in German, Schießbudenverein, which is kind of like, you know, when you go to the country fair and you, you do your shots to win your cuddly toys for your little sister or your girlfriend or yourself. Um, that's <laughs> pretty much what Schalke has become, just an easy goal Um and yeah, Endo, you know what? Like I talked to some Stuttgart people and he's a highly rated player and there was a sense that he was gonna have a kind of big coming out performance at some point and that just so happened to be this weekend.
1: <laughs> Everyone has their uh, best performance against us, right? Career day against Chalka. Yes. Uh, You know, Jack kind of alluded to it, player rant. Uh, I had my own rant uh, on YouTube as well uh, yesterday and you know, this is our fifth manager now. After the match, uh, all the chips fell. We kind of had a feeling during the Stuttgart match that, you know, Christian Christian Gross's days are numbered. Um, but yet another game where we give up four or five goals, five goals in this case, uh, you knew his end was near. And then we wake up in the morning on uh, Sunday, find out that he's gone, um, and as well as several other people, uh, most notably Sasha Reeder and as well as Jochen Snyder with immediate effect. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, was, it was all over the shop websites. Um wasn't too much of a it wasn't so much of a surprise but uh, you know you heard some rumors about possibly you know players revolting and this and that uh, but my whole point was and my rant was at some point with five managers the players have to be held accountable at some point right five managers no re I mean yes every, every department has their issues but at some point you have to blame the players right jack it, it just no more excuses.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a multifaceted issue and there's not one specific spot where you can point to and say, Hey, that's the issue. But I, I do feel like there's been a sense for a while that it was like, Oh, you know, David Wagner is just a, a bad coach or, you know, Manuel Baum bomb, not able to turn it around, you know, that kind of thing. Christian gross gets one win and, you know, probably gets more slack than should have at times. Uh, it, it, you can't tell me that even if some of these hires weren't the best hires, you can't tell me that successive coaches that have had success elsewhere all find the exact same results with the same group of players. Like, and it's not the player's fault to some extent. Um, it, it's not that I don't think these players are uh, individually uh, many of them of a caliber where they're perfectly should be perfectly comfortable playing at a Bundesliga level. It's just that I think for whatever reason, this particular collection of them together, the chemistry that have something else going on, it just, it just doesn't work. Um, and I think until we, revamped the squad to a significant degree uh this culture that we have in there right now is probably in the mentality that we have probably isn't going to get fixed either
1: maria would you agree because it seems like you know if you look at the talent that is actually on the roster there's no reason we should be in a relegation battle there are actually talented players on here but for whatever reason they're just not jiving with each other not jiving with whatever whatever managers out there whatever they say would you agree with that or, or do you have another take
2: Yes, I agree with that. I I think something that doesn't get enough attention is the psychological aspect of this group of players who, um, between the end of January 2020 and the middle of January 2021, so a longer period up to that point than the pandemic had been, if anyone can believe that, didn't win a Bundesliga game. I mean, that has implications. You know, we've we've all played team sports, as I'm sure most of the listeners have at some point in their lives. And if you don't win for four weeks in a row, or make that four months in a row, it gets harder and harder. Your legs get heavier. Your mind goes crazy. You're about to shoot at goal and you're like, oh, but which corner? And it's just that some of that intuition goes adrift. And I think, you know, like David Wagner for all his faults one of his strengths that many players pointed out is that he was kind of someone who the young players could turn to I mean Arit spoke very highly of him and you know him being a kind of like father figure in the dressing room and you're not going to get that from like Stevens or Christian Gross and generally I think the mental block that was caused by being you know the laughing stock of Germany and you know all these like old men who used to play for Tasmania Berlin were rolled out to reminisce about how it was for them. And, I mean, Schalke really dodged that by, you know, an inch um, in, in that win, thanks to Matthew Hoppe. But I, it, it just seems that that hurts deeply. And the, it's like a thorn that can't really be pulled out of the skin yet. And I, I'm just, I, I don't know if there's anything that could rescue this team mentally this season i think the only thing that could have helped is maybe having a fresh start last summer having a new coach with a new philosophy but uh as we know joachim schneider missed that boat.
0: i mean so do you think that that's the kind of coach that this group of player needs right now though is one who's going to be um slightly more like fatherly and and encouraging and that sort of thing as opposed to maybe more of like a hardliner because I mean, when when this Christian gross move was announced after the sagging Manuel bomb, Richard and I basically said something similar to what you said, which is, is this actually the personality this group of players needs, given how fragile their psychology is um to begin with? Like, I mean, yeah, maybe right. Manuel bomb didn't didn't turn things. Around to the to the extent that we wanted them to, or really at all, because we didn't get the win under him. But um, at least he, you know, he was actively coaching on the sidelines constantly and seemed to be a much more supportive and positive figure than Christian Gross, who's a little bit more aloof and, and you know burly. And if, if you believe some of the reports that have been coming out, you know, from the players, uh, maybe just not exactly locked in mentally where he needs to be um, at this point in his career as opposed to somebody like Manuel Baum who was um, coaching in the Bundesliga very recently and still um, you know with the German national team has a pretty respectable position prior to coming to Schalke
2: yeah and I mean speak of speaking of Christian Gross you know like calling your players Massimo Schöp and Khan Erdogan so like I mean like what I mean imagine being the new kid in the office you know the first day at work and you're like oh my god what am I gonna do for lunch do I have to eat in the bathroom is someone other team gonna take me out and they just call you I don't know like Robert and Johnson and it's it's just like come on like make an effort and also like just as a Bundesliga observer like I know he's been abroad but. You're supposed to know these players names whether you coach Schalke or Cologne like like give me a break I, I, that's just like a lack of preparation a lack of care and then i think i mean even if he didn't know the names then learn them it's like a college professor who knows the names of the people in his class he's, been, just, there months, he's been there months he's been three months now,
1: right i mean he's it's been there for it's absolutely mind blowing so- to me yeah i, I know i know yeah. Mac Jangin. he hates it when you when you call him by a different name <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, and, but
2: what you were asking though, what you were asking though, just to finish that thought. I, I mean, there are like there. You were asking about like which coach I think would would have been a fit, mentality wise or fatherly figure. I think a mo- someone who's a motivator and perhaps charismatic enough to draw some attention and pressure away from the dressing room, and someone who yes um, can coddle the players a little bit. So. It, it's Did hard to think of an ideal, yeah, basically, right? Like I, I was going to say it's hard to think of anyone but Tedesco. Maybe, maybe someone like Florian Kohfeldt at Bremen um, or even Adi Hützer at Frankfurt. But we, we know that these coaches are at clubs that are currently in a much better position financially and athletically um, than, than Schalke is. But there are there are coaches like that. You know, I think that's something to keep in mind. And there there are also coaches like that abroad in other leagues in Switzerland, Austria, or further afield. There are coaches like that in the second Bundesliga. I don't think Schalke is uncoachable. I think there's something to be said for like the modern lifespan of a coach of about 18 months that we see at all clubs. Um, you know, like, especially like right now, I think Tottenham and um, uh, Jose Mourinho is th- another example there. He seems to be running out of steam um but but i don't think this this set of players uh, which is so different to like schalke 3 or 5 years ago i don't think the set of players is like uncoachable i just think they are very troubled um and need 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 some help <laughs>
1: I, th- I think uh, Renee brings up a good point in the chat saying that, you know, Wagner kind of started this whole thing with the confidence by, you know, publicly making fun of the guys in a, in a way saying they're not good enough and yeah. you know, the squad's not good enough. So I can see all that. The guys are very fragile. Uh, you know, oh, by the way, we set another record for uh, first Bundesliga club to have five managers in a season. This is the worst side in 50 years, I think, over 50 years in the Bundesliga. That besides the point, I think, you know, the point of their fragility of their mindset is very weak we saw in the last two games uh against Dortmund, we were playing decent. We were doing okay. We were we were bending but not breaking. But when the, as soon as that first goal happened, you saw the heads drop, right? And then Stuttgart, same thing. As soon as that goal by Endo happened, just guys just completely gave up. I mean, I saw no heart out there on the pitch from what I could see uh, other than like Michel Langer who was like fighting after every goal was yelling at the guys. Everybody else is like, eh, another goal. Okay, what are we going to do? uh i think they're very very fragile and i think you know what kind of manager are are we looking at the hard part is who's going to come into us fight the bundesliga squad that's not someone that we you know Mm. who we are looking for is going to be a top level manager and there's going to be very few if any that are going to want to go to us fight the bundesliga club and i think to your point maybe looking at another a lower league or maybe austria or switzerland somewhere like that um i wonder if uh i don't know if either of you have any familiarity with frank schmidt over at um uh, where is he these days? Uh, he's been in the same club for a decade, it seems like. Um, Spite the Bundesliga club, uh, oh man, Heidenheim. Um, I don't know if he would be a good fit because he he is he has a tendency to be also very strict, but he's also, the players love him. Um, he's a very uh, lovable person. And so his teams fight for him no matter what. He might be, if he was available, you know, he might be someone, if you couldn't get maybe uh, like a Dedesco or someone to, of that elk, you know, who's a top manager maybe go for someone to fight the Bundesliga because he, he is someone who's been in the trenches for a while and his, his clubs play well. It's just, uh, I don't know, he may be married to Heidenheim at this point.
2: Yeah. And also, I mean, let, let's remember that Domenico Tedesco was, I think, 31 when he came to Schalke and he came from a lower league table team in the second Bundesliga. And I think he had like 17 senior games coaching them. So This is a coach that basically became a big name because he went to Schalke. So I I don't think... I mean, there's this whole line of argument that young coaches or coaches from other leagues are incapable, like Schalke is too big for them or something. I don't think that's the case. You know, it takes a special person. But if you find that special person... I mean, all coaches got their start like this, whether at Mainz. uh, Mainz has always brought out great coaches. But all coaches... I mean, Hoffman heim um nagelsmann was promoted internally so yeah i think it's just and it, it, that can be an opportunity you know like rebuilding in the second league also from a coaching perspective can be an opportunity
0: i agree with you because the idea that you know was too big for certain people well it's if you look at our coaching record in terms of how many coaches we've had over the past decade or so it's too big or too something for literally everybody so I don't know why I would be so, yeah. like self-selective in that way and, and try to like limit like, you know, who we think is a viable option from, I mean, cause no one's really having that much success. And, you know, at this point it's, it's not that it's not that we, we, we can't, you know, do due diligence and really try to find the right person who's, who's going to be able to take us forward. But um, it's hard to not view Shalka as a poison chalice um, for a lot of coaches. And yeah, you know, certainly somebody will take the job obviously, but um, we might, not be able to be as selective as I think we, we would ideally like to be the idea that we're going to get some big name manager. And as I think probably a little optimistic
1: Dirk says, uh, she looks <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, it's, I think the interesting question right now, at least with the manager is, do Shaka look for their manager for next season, this season, or do they have a caretaker? Right. Uh, in the interim, I think it's going to be a mix of, um, of, uh, Asamoah and, um, and yeah, I'm drawing my mind is blank tonight because I'm so angry with, with everything that's going on lately. Um, it's, it's, it's basically the trainers, Buskins. Uh, he's going to be uh, helping out there. So, you know, what do you think Shaka should do? Should they look for the manager this season or not? Because there's a lot of people saying that we shouldn't look for our next season's manager this season because last thing we want is uh, the, the poor momentum to continue on and then add on to next season. Might as well start fresh. Uh, Jack, what are your thoughts in terms of uh, looking for a manager this season?
0: If if you think you have the right candidate and that person is available now and potentially wouldn't be available come the summer, then I think then I think you make the move. Yep. Um, but if you have you know potentially a number of candidates you think are roughly equal in your mind, uh, that maybe there's not as much of a immediate deadline for something like that, then then I can understand the argument about um, trying to have a clean break postseason and a fresh start and not have any um, of of this season's performances taint what could be a you know a fresh campaign next year.
1: Marie, do you agree with that sentiment?
2: Yeah, exactly what Jack said. I think we have to be careful that. I mean, I don't. I don't think that this season can be, you know, rescued. I, I think at this point we'd be pleased if Schalke manages to win another game, um, and score some nice goals and maybe develop some of these young players, give them some more minutes. Um, maybe see Huntelaar again, you know, it's, it's kind of like a nostalgia trip at this point. And if you put in a coach now who you, you want to rebuild, you're going to burn that coach. And that's just not fair. So I think realistically most, I I do think that a lot of coaches will still like the challenge. We've got to remember like football is also a very ego driven sport where You know, people believe very much that they can do things others can't. Um, So I think there will be coaches who who would love to work at Schalke more than other clubs. But I think they want that in the summer and not right now.
1: Yeah, I think that's something that's really hurt this club. This club in particular is that uh, the coronavirus with the shortened offseason, I think, you know, not having those extra months in the middle to really kind of work out some of the kinks that we had heading into the season. Uh, probably hurt Wagner a lot. Not that, you know, I don't know if he would have done anything at all, but still, you know, not having that extra time, I think to help figure things out, I'm sure hurt in some, some way or shape or form, but, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, you know, seeing how the weeks come up the next few, I mean, I'm almost, I'm at that point where I'm like, we're going to fight the Bundesliga. I mean, we have to pull a miracle here. There's six wins that we can still get, but that's going to take a miracle. I think based off what we're playing at the moment, uh, you know, you've seen of all the managers we had this season. You know, at least under Baum, the team looked like they had a chance at games that they could have won. I haven't seen that yet with Gross. We had that one game with Hoffenheim that was great, and then we kind of went downhill from there, especially the last several games. It's, it's looked eerily to the end of the Tedesco era, where he gave up, where every goal, every game, we're giving up four or five goals a game, um, and so it's not pretty at this moment. And um, should we be at this point? I mean, it looks like the club may be looking at, despite the Bundesliga at this point, trying to get their 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 chips in line. Um, I know one of the questions, I think, from Edwin came in the chat about sponsorship. Um, that's going to be tricky because if we do get relegated, I think some of those sponsorships will gonna, will drop, like Gazprom possibly. Um, do you know, what are you hearing, at least from um, from your contacts, Marie, about, you know, what the club is trying to do in these last, you know, 24, 24 to 48 hours since the news broke about Gross and, and Schneider and everybody leaving? Have you heard anything uh, that maybe we haven't yeah. heard?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, just to go back to the sponsorship question, um, that was actually a topic of of some debate over the Christmas break and in early January because uh, I don't know if we we all recall the moment where Etonius kind of tried to sneak his way back in through the back door and uh, yeah, through his company. um, So part of his meat, cured meat empire and sausage empire is Böklonder uh, who are one of the kind of second tier sponsors at Schalke so you see their name for example when the players have a press conference you always see that brand on on the kind of billboard with all the advertisers behind the players and the coaches and um Birklunder renegotiated their deal with Schalke actually in favor of Schalke as a as a kind of um oh you know heads up we're here to support your regional company and that was very much um, ternius's you know work <laughs> and he kind of insisted that of the nine people on Schalke's board it had to be unanimous that people were in favor of of extending that contract um, and having him uh, sorry and on top of that he was gonna grant an emergency loan to Schalke I think in the 18 million euros if if anyone wants to correct me in the comments or one of you two I think that was the sum that was debated and then of the nine votes there were seven in favor and two abstentions and then Tonya's was like no I can't do it now I don't have and it's just like he was just being such a like diva about it and (laughs) I'm sorry like it was just a ridiculous like theatrical um yeah Incination. I I just I just couldn't believe it. And then anyway, so then Booklanda did extend the contract. I think until so uh, two more years than the original term, um, which helped Jochen Schneider at the time um, really kind of pull through some of those deals in the winter break. You know, with Mustafi and Kulajinac and Hündeler, because um, it gave them some certainty in, in their financial planning. Um, so that that was an example, I think, of of one of those sponsors. I did also hear that Gascom will go into the second Bundesliga with Schalke. Um, that that's not a contract that is gonna be, you know, a uh, void or anything like that.
1: Uh, I think Marie froze here for a second.
2: But in terms of it, oh, something, sorry about that. No, I was just gonna say in the last few days, something that's happened that might be worth keeping an eye on is this audio app that we have all now, Clubhouse, um, a lot of Schalke legends are kind of having fun on there, including, I mean, legends is, is you know, a very broad term, but a lot of former Schalke players like uh, Andy Möller, um, Gerald Azamor, even Van Hoogdalen, a lot of these players use clubhouse and constantly like entering these rooms. So these discussions it's kind of like a live podcast, right?
1: Right. Right. And
2: just like venting about Schalke or just like you, you hear their voice and they're like so emotional. And so I would just recommend that our listeners go on clubhouse to hear because these players and these people, you know, they say things that you probably wouldn't hear other in, in other places. Um, and maybe we'll soon be quoting from clubhouse (laughs) yeah
1: there's no truth to the rumor that tony's is actually listening into the podcast and try to mess up marie's audio there
0: (laughs) i I mean i remember at the time when when the 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 loan offer was made i think what what richard and i said on the podcast was just like in regards to attorneys was just like read the room man like yeah like like we like we appreciate it but like just read the room like no one really wants like wants you here like that visibly at the moment can you just like chill for a bit and yeah, yeah, yeah. so i mean Combo. i don't know yeah. but yeah i mean if, if we are able to you know renegotiate some of these deals to um extend them and make sure they're still viable going into this fight of Bundesliga, that's obviously super important for our sovereignty and our ability to uh overhaul the squad and and, and revamp things going forward so uh to the extent of those things have already happened that's nice to see
1: <laughs> someone
0: in the chat says who are you guys we don't know we don't know who we are anymore
1: um you know <laughs> the, the the elephant in the room that I think you know Jack and I brought up a while ago that uh isn't really being talked about these days especially now as the Fight the Bundesliga it looks like it's more and more a certainty uh and I think Dirk just brought it up in the in the chat and he says uh would do we have a tough time to get a license for Fight the Bundesliga with the debt that we have and that's what we kind of brought up a while ago is that there's no guarantee that we will get that license into the Fight the Bundesliga with th- with the amount of debt we have um I mean how Marie, from what you know, at least, how is it more of a certainty that we will get the license than not? Because uh, I know that's something that's still looming over many of us is like, that's a possibility too. We could follow the way of 1860 and some of these other clubs that, you know, just completely couldn't afford it and just kept dropping and dropping. W- what do you know about that situation in terms of getting a license for the site, like the Bundesliga? Should we hit that inevitable route?
2: Yeah, um, good point to make. I think. German journalists have have done a decent job of asking these tough questions of those in charge, including the um, CFO of Schalke, so to speak, um, who I whose name I have forgotten. She um, is quite new to the position, and she gave an interview basically saying that it's it's almost guaranteed, um, and that you know it, it would be possible for Schalke to to go down and and get the license for the second Bundesliga and play there. But it was either her or Alexander Jobs, the CMO, who really underlined in an interview with Handelsblatt, the German financial paper, that um, it's really only one season that Schalke can actually cope. <laughs> Being in the second Bundesliga, everything else would be very painful. Um, and I mean, we also got to remember Peter Peters, the former CFO, Alexander Jobst, um, and Jochen Schneider, Last year, this time last year, can you believe it? It's been like a year of this shit around us with COVID. This (laughs) time last year, they were like a week after the Bundesliga stopped, they were like, Schalke is at risk, like like, an existential risk. And everyone laughed. Everyone was like, what do you mean? It's Schalke, you know? And like everyone has to, um, everyone has to forget about the, the income from from ticketing so it was like why why Schalke why are you being so dramatic why are you like trying to be all special and then we saw how bad it actually is and yeah I mean it's it's a club that was built to play in Europe year year in year out really in the Champions League year in year out and then we had Christian Heidel who spent on transfers and on salaries like he wanted Schalke to be a top 10 European club and what like two or three years later we're gonna be in the second Bundesliga so it's it's not a good future, to be honest. I mean, financially speaking, it's very, very dire and the club has to hope that fans can be allowed back in the stadium soon and that they'll want to come back, you know, because I'm I'm sure they'll want to pay less to to watch games against Sandhausen and Heidenheim. And uh hopefully, you know, the club will be able to even sell out the Feltins Arena on match days.
1: Well, don't forget we also have the second most expensive training facilities in in Europe so we still got to pay for that off so maybe the ticket prices will stay high oh man uh Jack um, it's before we get off this let's fight the bonus like a kick um, it's 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 difficult times right now and I mean what are you just is, is this starting to become a reality to you? Do you? are you still thinking are you still being Mr. optimistic? I know my optimism has waned incredibly since you know especially the last couple of weeks, specifically this past weekend uh how How is your uh optimism looking at this point?
0: Yeah I mean, I think every time every time a new manager comes in uh, <laughs> it goes. <and> down. <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, yes and no, there, there's a very short term, you know, possibility of optimism in the sense that like, hey, maybe maybe this new coach will somehow find a way to unlock something in the squad that no one else has been able to. But at, at this point, I think we have enough sample size to suggest that's probably not going to happen. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, it's what we said. I was going to stay optimistic, I think, through the pausa. Um, and we did get, you know, the win coming out of it. But the performances after that have been awful. And, and I was I was not happy with what I saw in the Dortmund game in particular, um, I think there were moments of that performance that were very worrying because if that's how we're playing in a Derby, I mean, independent of the situation we're in, uh, in the league, it's a bad sign and then we come right out of that and have an even worse loss from a a goal difference perspective to to Stuttgart. So, yeah, I I, I do... I mean, obviously until it's mathematically locked up, it's it's not inevitable, but uh, yeah, I, I really don't see anything... That leads me to believe we're gonna we're gonna see the turnaround. It just week after week, it's just not there. There's nothing to hold on to, really, on the, in terms of what you're seeing on the pitch.
1: I think the scary part about what you know Marie was talking about just before about you know we only have enough money possibly for one 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 year in fight the Bundesliga with the with the licensing, uh, and we've talked in numerous yeah. amount of times about how difficult it is to come back out of fight the Bundesliga. Yeah, some clubs do go down and come right back up. Majority don't right away. They they struggle. I mean, look at Hamburg. What's his third fourth season now? Uh, they might not even get out this year. Uh, so it's it's extremely difficult. And I mean, you know, even Rene brought up some of the points up in the in the chat about how, like, yes, we can sell all this, uh, all our bunch of assets that we have, sponsorships, players, uh, etc., but we're not going to have any money to field, a, you know, a strong team. We're going to have to rely heavily on the Knappen Shemitah and then maybe some of the free players that stick around or whatever. But it's going to be difficult, Marie. Um, what have you seen from some of these other clubs that have gone down in recent years? They just struggle mightily. It seems like I mean Hamburg is the big, most recent one that you know the, a big giant that fell for the first time, and then they stay down. Uh, what have you seen from them that you know, that that is a worrying sign for Schalke?
2: Yeah, I think that there's cases on both sides. I mean, we've also yes. seen clubs like Stuttgart. I mean, Stuttgart when they went down in 2016 they hadn't been down in about 20 years, you know, a few, I mean, like eight years or something or 10 years before that they were Bundesliga champions. So this Stuttgart in in many ways, in terms of its fans is a top five German club period. Um, It's got a great youth academy, a a, a big history, very regionally connected. People forget about it because it's, you know, it's Stuttgart, but it's a, it's a big club and with big sponsors. and, And so I think that's a good club to compare it with and of course they, they did go back up, I think they went back after two years and Cologne, when Cologne was relegated they also went straight back up um, Nürnberg managed to come back up after a few years, Hanover has gone up and down, so it's more kind of like what type of club will Schalke be, you know, will we be a sort of so-called elevator club that just keeps going up and down um, like Hanover and Nürnberg or will Schalke be like a Cologne or Stuttgart that can maybe clinch their way back into, you know, into the Bundesliga. And Frankfurt, I mean, remember Frankfurt, you know, not too long ago was also a club that went up and down a lot. So there are these different cases. And I think it has so much to do with who's in charge. Because there are like at the end of the day, you, you have these type of players who perform well in the upper you know, third or the second Bundesliga or the bottom third of the Bundesliga, like just generally decent players who just get transferred from team to team or whatever. And then it's just a matter of assembling a group that is strong enough to perform where they are. And that's the job of of those in charge. And for that, you need good scouting, you need a good sporting director. Um, So something I actually, I talked to someone who's very well connected at Mainz uh, for a piece I did two years ago on Christian Heidel when Suat Yara and and mean Rit were starting to perform really well. And I was like, oh, maybe we were too harsh on Heidel. And he just said to me, look, Heidel is someone who does not tolerate people in power around him. He um, is someone who kind of like, you know, when someone is rising internally, he's like, no, no, you go, you go back down. Um, and apparently he... There are all these clubs that basically pay for these really expensive scouting database licenses, kind of like advanced versions of Transfermarkt, um, where you can search by position, age, et cetera, left foot, right foot. There are obviously now, I mean, we we know about this explosion of data analytics. So there are all these services where a license is anywhere from like 20,000 to multiple million a year. And apparently to find players, Heidel would just sit in front of his computer and do that. He um, plays football
0: manager. Yeah, plays football <laughs> manager, FIFA career mode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He
2: plays football manager. And you know, scouts were like, dude, you know, Christian, we can we can fly to Romania and watch this play. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. And it's just, you know, I mean, come on. Like, this is like European top football. I mean, whether you're at Mainz or Schalke, this is like the A-Leagues. Um, and so Schalke did the opposite and brought in Michael Reschke, who's one of the best in this position, but Someone, multiple people have told me is very hard to work with on a personal level. So it, it's kind of like, I think, I feel like the club is yo-yoing <laughs> behind like the fun people who it's like nice to have a beer with, like Christian Heidel. And then the other end, like the really dull technocrats like Jochen Schneider, um, who just kept bringing in people he knew at Stuttgart and Leipzig. That was like, his whole network was... Yeah, let's bring in Christian yeah. Gross. He was once at Stuttgart or like this person who was once at Leipzig. And it's just come on. Like, I, I just think to me, sorry, I'm ranting, but sometimes no, football, I mean, it's such a, like, it's such an important business. I mean, in Germany, apparently 75,000 people are employed through professional soccer. I was going say through
1: Jürgen Schneider at Schalke.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> All the communications agencies around <laughs> Germany, like on their payroll to help him be more interesting. No, it, it, it's just like, and then it, there's so little innovation, you know, like it, it, it's just it's just incomprehensible to me that an industry watched and beloved by so many that's been around for so long, especially compared to like US sports, where innovation is, you know, much more well come yeah yeah i think i think rant over but you get my drift (laughs)
0: yeah i i I do think the leadership is going to be probably the most important factor going forward because i mean now we're at a point where we don't have a coach we don't have a sporting director um and and these next hires that get made have to be the right ones if we're gonna have any chance of bouncing right back up and, and potentially um forestalling you know more more serious pain down, down the road. Uh, I guess the one thing I'm concerned about with Schalke though, is just kind of how sudden this is. Whereas at least with, with Hamburg, they were kind of flirting with it for a while, weren't they? You know, um, avoiding the drop, but they were in relegation play. I mean, I mean, they yeah, were kind of five years or so. in and around there. And so at least they were kind of prepared for it potentially. I'm not that I'm not saying it wasn't a big, a big blow for them, obviously, but this Schalke thing has gone from European football to this in a matter of like just a couple years out of nowhere, um and uh you know i mean winter break last season we're we're in the europa league spots basically and then suddenly it's just we don't we win one game in over a calendar year so i'm concerned about like how bad the momentum is and how serious the momentum is and whether or not that's going to be a bigger problem for us trying to reverse that and get a fresh slate than it would be for potentially some other clubs um who who go down and and maybe that's not as big of a blow for them
1: i think it's going to be i think jack you're 100 right who we pick as sport uh, to lead the sporting role uh, to take over Jokin Schneider is going to be huge because I think depending on what kind of qualifications they have, what kind of their plan they have, it's going to determine whether we bounce right back up or we're going to be yo-yo club or, or struggle mightily. A lot hinges on that, I think. And so we'll have to tune in the next you know, s- several weeks or however long it takes before they make this decision because uh, it's going to be a big one. It's going to be one of the biggest ones in, in the club's history, at least recent history, right? Uh, so it's going to be something we all going to keep our eyes on um, Marie, before we talk about minds real quick, uh, we did have a question to towards you in the chat. Uh, Jack and I had been talking the last couple of weeks, so we had Curtis Smith on last week. We were talking about the fifty plus one rule. Uh, I, I think we've talked about it in the past, but what are your what are your thoughts on that? Real quick, uh, for or against it? Uh, what were your thoughts overall?
2: Yeah, I think it's um, it's kind of like a strength and a weakness, right? It, it it's it's a peculiarity that makes German football very special um, in the sense that as members, and Schalke has 160,000 of, of them, uh, fee-paying members, the fans rule the club and can influence the club and, and make decisions and go to these meetings and... the the board is accountable to them. You know, the the board was always interested in being popular with the fans, much more so than at other clubs where it's, you know, no fans at training, like in the Premier League. Fans on Twitter are just kind of like tolerated or whatever. And fans are seen as like customers. You know, they're basically just clients. And that's not the case in Germany. Like when the ultras demand that a person is fired, that person might not be fired straight away. But like, shit's going down you know this is this is just very different and it's very special it's even more special so at Schalke where for many of the people in that environment it is basically the purpose of their life is this club so we got to keep that in mind and and I think in many ways the fans sometimes you know they're the constant, right? They're always going to be there. Like the the board comes and goes, people in charge come and go, but they have a kind of sixth sense for what's right for the club that people who think they know better don't. Um, so that's that's the strength of it, right? The weakness I think is that football has moved on, and other clubs have opened themselves to investment in successful ways, yeah. and the question is now if Schalke were to do that, would it be successful? And my belief is that in the current constellation, it would not be successful because Schalke has never looked as weak in the last 30 years as it does right now. I mean, if you open yourself to investment now, you're basically saying it's like a bad stock, right? It's like saying, Oh, buy Yahoo stock now instead of 30 years ago or it's, it's, it's just a timing thing, you know, and it,
0: if, if we were to make that <laughs> jump, if we were to make that jump as a club, if we were to make that jump, you would want right. to have that decision be made in a moment where we are strong and where we can really yeah think this thing through, where we're not potentially under influences because of desperation or something and, and get rushed into a situation yeah. that can very quickly get out of our control. And, and you know, yeah. so I, I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying there.
2: Yeah. Beggars can't be Jesus, you know, and Schalke right now is desperate for any cash flow, you know, that... There, there are these emergency funds like that they're demanding from the federal state of North Rhine-Westphalia as like a yeah. security. And it's just so shameful, you know, it, it's so shameful. And this is not the time to be like, oh, look at our project. Here's our like pitch deck, you know, right. this is what we could be. <laughs> it's more like, let's, let's assure that this club is still standing in the summer. <laughs> so I think, Yeah, I think it's more important in the here and now not to to think of that as like a Hail Mary solution to everything, but just to think baby steps towards getting back to some stability.
1: No doubt. No doubt about that. Uh, By the way, if you're listening in on YouTube live here with us, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a like. We much appreciated Uh, a must-win match as they all have been as of late, uh, but it's a big one against our direct rivals in Mainz uh, coming up this Friday uh we have to win this game no matter what uh i think for me at least what i want to see for the remainder of the season whether we pull this miracle or not is some respectability right some some effort in these matches i want to see it i want to see the guys try we haven't seen that in a long time it seems like other other than that maybe a hoffenheim match or a couple matches after that um what are jack i'll start with you what are you looking at from this Mines game, uh, what are you looking to see? I should say, I mean, a win obviously would be nice, but what are you looking at in particular uh, going into this matchup on Friday?
0: I, I do want to be somewhat careful about just saying, uh, you know, there's no effort as like a blanket statement on the pitch. Cause I, I don't, I don't know if that's, I mean, true all the time. I think, I think there's the problem is a lot, a lot of it's mental in terms of people just switching off at the wrong moment, particularly on the defensive end. Um, and then obviously just poor coaching, which is not helping us advance the ball into, into dangerous areas. I mean, I, there, I, I don't want to, the, the I, I don't game, want to get
1: blown out. How about that? I don't want to get blown out.
0: That's that's fine. Yeah, I, I just I just I feel like in, you know in the Stuttgart game we saw effort at least. I mean the second half was a lot better than the first half for the most part until the two wild goals at the end. So, um, I don't want to just yeah make that like a statement. Um, as far as the minds thing goes, it's just yeah we need a win. However that comes, I don't care. There's not anything I'm particularly looking for other than the result. Um, <laughs> I I hope that, like I said a, a little bit earlier alluded to earlier, um, having yet another manager fired does something to give the players a boost either through focus or whatever. um And they're able to use that to, to get a result. But I mean, the whole idea of like the new manager boost, or whatever thing is, is kind of a myth anyway, to some extent, It doesn't really get borne out by the, by the stats. So who knows, man, it's just gotta have it. Just gotta have it. However it comes. Gotta have it. That's it.
1: Marie, how about you? Uh, what are you looking from, for this, from this matchup?
2: Goals, you know, I mean, Schalke had. Chalka um it, it got lost somewhere in the muddle because 5-1 is a terrible scoreline against a promoted team. But Schalke had shots on target. <laughs> Schalke had good opportunities through Suat Alessandro Scherz, Suat yeah. again. And really, if Betaleb had converted the penalty, I mean, again, like, how poor can your luck be? This is the guy who had, had like converted like 17 of 17 penalties before. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, what? I, that was just. I, I was like, come on, like.
0: Yeah, the thing I was like when when they were when they were arguing over that. Like, I mean, there's a separate conversation you can have about whether or not it was a good idea for Bentaleb to, in that moment, try to like upset what was already predetermined ahead of the match. If it was, but from a from a pure like, who would you rather have taking the penalty, Harit or Bentaleb? I don't think there's a single shot with support that's going to say Harit. Correct. Given, given Bentaleb's record. He's so called Bentaleb for a reason. Yeah, Marie's spot on. Unfortunately, it was just a terrible penalty hit into what I always call on this podcast that no man's land zone. That's like yeah. not in the middle of the goal, not on the post. It's exactly where the goalkeeper tends to fall if he guesses correctly. And it was a poor penalty. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, exa- it's a great point. It's how bad can your luck be that a guy that's normally that lights out just completely hits a dud in that moment. And maybe that's psychology too. Maybe it's the pressure. Who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah. And you could tell after that miss that uh, it, it, he definitely was hurt by that. And, you know, I, I think one of the big tells of the game was, you know, Harit had a great opportunity early on in the game. I think something like four minutes in or something like that. There's a wide-open Matthew Hoppy in front of the goal, and he tries to shoot it through a couple guys. And, you know, granted, you want your player to go for goal. But at that moment, I think the best opportunity probably would have been to go into to But, you know, it is what it is. But... um <laughs> Some guys uh, said you look like a streamer, Jack. Anyway, a f- big fan of yours there. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a crazy game. Uh, we'll s- hopefully, we uh, we have, have a better performance, make it uh, a closer game, or at least give some goals. We definitely need some goals in this one. Uh, but we need to have a we need to have a win. We need to have many wins between now and the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Hopefully, they can uh, prove me wrong and uh, get some uh, a nice little run going here. But I guess we'll see. It's a big game Friday night uh, that we're all gonna be watching. Intensely as going forward, especially with all the news going around lately with the movement. Um let's wrap it up on I will, you,
0: Tim, go ahead. Yeah, I mean I'm just gonna completely go back on what I said in a minute ago when I said all I care about is the result. I want to see a slightly different lineup as well. Like yeah. I'm I'm tired of, 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 of where's Bosduan? Just like consistently sitting on the bench, never get subbed into the game. Um that that William uh, William Timo not William, wow, uh <laughs> William William Timo Becker stack like I mean, William got pulled out earlier in that match for for the amount of success that Leverkusen were having down the left-hand side. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't been fully satisfied with a starting 11 in a while in terms of it's just not quite what I would pick. So hopefully some of that gets gets changed up, but who knows?
1: It's funny how in the past when we had a constant rotation of um of, of, um certain elevens, we always like give us consistency. Now we get consistent. And we're like, this isn't working. <laughs> it's just the whole same team. Yeah. You
0: know? And I know we have a ton of injuries right now, so I'm yeah. not trying to be that critical of it from that yeah. that perspective, but there's still there's still things that happen every match where I'm just like and I'm not the coach, I'm not in training, obviously like that. I'm not qualified to make these decisions, but it just it'd just be nice if every once in a while I'd be like, Yes, I agree with what we're doing in terms of even like approaching the game. That would be that would be nice for once.
1: No, I definitely would. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, you know, if if you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign make sure you sign up for the Schalke US newsletter. Uh, simply put in your email address, and you'll get information on the club, uh, all the great clubs across North America, and uh, obviously as well as our podcast. So make sure you do that. Uh, keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, good, bad, and the ugly any topics you would like us to discuss, just send us a tweet at shell America or find us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you, wherever you can find us, you'll find us. (laughs) Uh, We'd like to give a special shout out to our guest, Marie Shubo. (laughs) Marie, um, your chance to plug away, talk about, uh, your transfer exchange show that you're on right now. And anything else, the floor is yours.
2: Great. Um, well, this was fun as always. Um, I loved being on and, um, if you want to hear more about the other 17 bundesliga teams (laughs) on a weekly basis uh, then follow at transfer exchange of the the transfer exchange on twitter Um, they have a a weekly video podcast uh, much like this one where they bring in experts of european soccer and i do their bundesliga coverage so every sunday at 7 p.m british time so that's 8 p.m. German time and um, 2 p.m. for the Americans, I do what's called Marie's Bundesliga Minutes and talk about the big themes of the Bundesliga. So in the most recent episode, I talked about Jamal Moussa with a German national team, which came as a surprise for many um, because he grew up mainly in England. And I talked about where Sancho may be going in the summer um, and it's not Man United, in my opinion. It could be another team and about Harlan's future, and about this team. So if you want to hear more about Schalke, then watch that video after this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very good, very good. And obviously you can follow her handle. It's right there on the screen for you. Jack, uh, where can our followers find you on social media?
0: Where would we be without Marie? I dare not let my mind wander to yeah. such yeah. depressing places. Yeah. Thank you for joining us once again. Always a pleasure. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at J. Mangan, JMMangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N.
1: Very good. And as always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N on anywhere on social media. Uh, Until the next podcast comes, my friends, or until the news breaks, uh, we'll catch you then. Tschüss.